Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 352, recorded live on Saturday, March 22nd, 2014. And here are your hosts, the man who is not a billion dollars richer, Dave Pillay. Hey! And the man who is also not a billion dollars richer, Andy Lowe. Hi. You're talking about the Quicken Loans, like billion dollar whatever? Yes. Yes, I am. With the top 20 people getting like $50,000? Uh, I think it's $100,000 or is it $10,000? It's some... Is it only $10,000? It's probably like $100,000. I would... I don't know. Hold on. Let me see what the... 20 people getting $100,000 is $2 million. It's a lot of money. Yes. I don't know, actually. I'm trying to find where in the rules it says. Yes. Oh, official challenge rules. Here we go. Launchability. Filling out. Scoring. Winner selection. Prizes available. 21st prize winners. Okay. What's first prize? First prize. 21st prize winners will each receive $100,000. Whoa. Okay. Are you still in the running for first prize? I don't know. They haven't released the... uh, I... Well, let's put it this way. For Monahan's bracket pool, I still have a chance of winning. Okay. I'm not I, sure about... I didn't actually submit a bracket this year. Ah. In the Quicken Loans billion-dollar bracket pool, I am ranked 1,153,273. Wow. But you could potentially still win. That would be nice. Right? Maybe. I'm not sure. Maybe. Who do you have going all the way, Andy? Uh, Arizona. Arizona? Arizona. Okay. Good for you. <laughs> You're not pleased with my choice? I I mean, I, I intentionally stayed out this year because the bracket that I want really has no chance. Why? Did you want Michigan, Michigan State? I wanted the Final Four to be the Big Ten. Yeah, about that Big Ten. Well, you'd still yeah, have- well, Ohio's, Ohio just kind of fell down on, on their ass. Yeah, I was at the gym watching the Ohio State game. Yeah. On the treadmill. And it was honestly painful to watch. <laughs> it was it was bad. There was I, were you watching the game at all or no? No, I was no. Oh. Um was I watching the game? I don't know. You were have a the, all the streaming online is free this year. Yeah. So I don't know if you could be watching it at work or not. There were people at my work who were watching it. It was interesting. I'm sure there were people at work hall. who were watching it. Um, but at one point, one of the Ohio State guys turns and tries to pass the ball, except he tried to pass the ball to the ref. What? There was no Ohio State guy around there. He literally, like, came in, dribbled to the three-point line, went one way, and then threw the ball the other way, and he threw it right at the ref. At the ref. Were they all high? I don't know. Or just drunk, or... Um, let's see. Out of ESPNs, I think there's... ESPN does a lot of brackets every year. Yeah. And I think there was either, I think it was 11 million brackets this year. That's a lot of brackets. Yeah. Um, only 19% of them had Ohio State losing. I'm actually impressed that that many people would pick Ohio State to lose. True. But evidently those 19% were pretty happy. Yeah, so everybody's like, oh yeah, perfect bracket time, let's go. And then the first game is an upset. Yeah. On a complete side note, okay, so I spend hours formulating my bracket every year. Which I'm always amused by because I usually just like, that team, that team, that team, that team, that team. Well, it's funny you say that. And I usually do, uh, because that's what Kate does too, right? Yes, yes. It's extremely funny you bring that up. It's extremely funny you bring that up because I am looking at Kate's bracket right here and she's... (laughs) Who's ahead, her or you? We are tied right now at 23 apiece. Both of us have... 
23 wins. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. She has one of them. She has as 22 wins. The other one she has 23. Okay. Because uh, since Western Michigan was in the March Madness pool, she had to make a bracket with Western winning it all. Of course. Of course. Like I would do it just as a funny aside if Eastern somehow had made it into the March Madness. Right. Just because that would have been hilarious. Eastern Michigan winning the... Yeah. 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 <laughs> wow. Yeah, that would never... It has never happened because they would have been outside one of the big six leagues and that yep. has never happened in the history of March Madness. That anyone outside of those six leagues got in? Yes. Oh, that's kind of sad. Yeah, so unless you're one of the major six conferences, i.e. like the Big Ten, uh, shoot, what are the big six for basketball? I assume the SEC? Probably. Or is that only? No, it's probably the... Well, who's Arizona part of? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) What I had done this year was actually taking the national bracket and then taking like Nate Silver's bracket and a couple other people I quote-unquote trust yeah, and compared their brackets with the national bracket and basically when the two brackets agreed I advanced that team but if the brackets didn't agree then I started to actually look into which games. I wonder what would happen if you and maybe that's what the quote-unquote national bracket is if you voted on each game. Well what the national bracket is is ESPN takes everybody's bracket yeah, and they literally go okay how many people pick Florida okay like 96% picked Florida. Yeah. Which I find ridiculous because it's a one seed. It's. it's, it's hey. I know. After especially watching, what was that? Was that. Uh, There's always a chance. Is that Virginia that got a little scary there near the end? I think so. It was oh. last night. Yeah, I think that was Virginia. Ugh. Oh. Granted, everybody also thought Duke was a shoe in. Duke lost. Ohio State lost. Some pretty big names went down. Yes, but you know what's funny? This is not actually the most upsets that have happened in the first round. No. Wasn't that like two or three years ago? Actually, the last three years have been the three most upset-ridden tournaments in the history. And now you've got a bunch of one verse eights. Oh, well, one one verse nine. And who knows? Maybe that one verse nine is uh, another upset in the making. They're keeping it pretty close right now. Yeah. Oh. Which is kind of funny if you think about it is if people are making a tournament bracket and they're like trying to seed people and the right number and location and this, that, and the other thing. Yeah. If they're doing their job right, there should be no upsets at all, right? Well, that depends. Okay. I so mean, so maybe, two things. Two things. Right, First right. off, you have to remember any team can beat any team on any day. True. And we saw that with Ohio State acting like a bunch of high school students. Yeah. Second, if you're doing it right in the sense of you want to reward the people who did the best job during the season so that they have a much, much, much easier time here, yeah, that's that would be right, that upsets just shouldn't happen. If you want to make it exciting and interesting and keep people's attention through a week and a half of basketball, then you should have upsets showing up. I.e. like Pittsburgh as a number nine seed or Louisville as a number four seed according to the math louisville should have been a number one seed according to the math that everybody has been doing they're like this this is crazy especially when you put them as a number four seed against what everybody is calling the worst number one seed they put them in the same bracket along with u of m and duke well not duke, well, duke is um yeah, we're just gonna talk about that <laughs> are, are you a little unhappy about duke losing to mercer i picked duke to go three rounds which means i expected them to go two rounds and instead they are one and done yep god 
it's interesting that there's an eleven fourteen game. Yeah, Tennessee versus Mercer. Well, you gotta. There's. I know I've not been a fan of these first four games that they play outside of the main sixty four bracket. Mm-hmm. But there's just been some the past because this is the second year they've been doing this, right? Mm-hmm. For some odd reason, those first four teams have got some weird, uncanny edge. Where if you win your first four game. You actually, you know, kind of have a chance at winning your next game. And Tennessee won, and I'm like, well, they're doing pretty good. Let's pick them to win, and they won. Yeah. So, so who wins now? I don't know. Yeah, because you don't have that game. No, yeah, it doesn't matter. It's I don't have Tennessee that game. and Mercer. You did you? Well, you picked Tennessee. Well, I picked Tennessee to win. Yes, but I picked Duke to beat Tennessee. Oh, you picked, okay. So whoever wins that, you don't care as long no. as either Texas or Michigan beats them. Well. I'd want, I want U of M to lose to whoever wins in that game. Because being a Michigan-focused bracket, there's a lot of Michigan-focused teams. I.e., there's an, <laughs> there's an extra number of Michigan State, Michigan picks in, our, in Jeff Monahan's bracket. Oh, there because are everyone's from Michigan. Yes. Right. And so you, you went contrary to that. Yes. You you tried to meta the brackets? Yes, yes, that's what I do. But like you you tried to meta it not based on who would actually realistically win. You tried to meta it on the idea of like most people have Michigan going on past this round, so I will pick Michigan to lose. Yes. Even I, though the likelihood between UMass, Tennessee, Duke, and Mercer, Michigan actually has a really good chance. No, yeah, now they, they have a really good chance now. I wonder, Nate Silver is updating his stats Based round on, by round. On a side note, the, he started up his new website now. So 538? Yep. Is his contract with the SPN done? No, no, he started, this is under ESPN. Okay. His contract with the New York Times is done, and so ESPN yep. picked him up, and he's, they just like... We want you to keep doing what you're doing, but think about sports as well. <laughs> Every once in a while, just think about sports. Yeah, so he's got he's got politics, economics, science, lifestyles, and sports. And he wants to try to do all of them equally now, so. Oh, this is not working in Firefox. Stupid, stupid Firefox. We've actually officially banned Firefox from all of our work computers. Even though they just released a new Firefox? Yes. Well, we run Google Apps for most of our stuff there, so we run all of that through Google Chrome. Mm. But we just we just don't run Firefox anymore. I don't I don't know why exactly that is, but I was told, hey, make sure nobody's got Firefox anymore. Okay. It's really stupid is we gotta have people who have uh, Internet Explorer on their computers just because there's programs there that only run in Internet Explorer. Okay. Which seems really ridiculous. Have you found Nate Silver's thing yet? It's slowly, slowly loading. All this stupid interactiveness. <laughs> Damn you, Internet 2, Web 2.0. Uh, Michigan is now a 47% chance to make it past Texas, Mercer, and Tennessee. Tennessee is at 42%. Hmm. So I might have retribution still. But I also just, I just love the fact that Kate and I are tied. Yep. Where I'm doing math and percentages and game theory and everything, and then she's just like, do, 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 do. boom, tied score. So, yeah. But yeah, nobody else has gotten a perfect bracket in the billion-dollar bracket. The most games was 25. After 25 games, there were no more perfect brackets, which is, what, 25? No, 2 to the 25th, right, for possible combinations? 2 to the 24th. 2 to the 24th. That cuts it down to 16 million, 16.7 million possible combinations. Mm-hmm. And it took them that long to finally... That's what they should do. They just do like, hey, here's a billion dollars if you can get past the first two rounds. 
Because I even then that's right. I mean, it's well, still so unlikely. <laughs> just start simple and just slowly work our way up from there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the point though is that they know that it's worth the risk. Yeah. What is it? it's it's something close to like one in ten qua uh, not ninety six quintillion I think. Okay. So yeah. Yeah, 1.8 times 10 to the 19th or something like that. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. 1 and 2 to the 63rd. Okay, so who do you have going all the way? You said Arizona? Arizona. And what happens when they lose to Gonzaga today? I'm going to cry. Okay. That's about it. Okay. Oh, they aren't playing today, though, so that won't happen. Ha-ha! They're playing tomorrow night. That's okay. (laughs) Okay. Uh, So that's enough sports talk. Anything else before we jump in? Uh, not that I can think of. It's just, I just, I like it because it's all math. Really? Yes. That's why you like it. I don't pay attention to basketball outside of March Madness, and I only pay attention to March Madness because there's lots of math available. You, you really only pay attention to it because of the math? Yes. You never pay attention to things because of math. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll, Andy, I'm, I'm very pleased and, and proud of you for getting involved because of math math and stats and all that probability and everything it's fun it's not probability it's chaos theory are you kidding true so there's going to be two new assassin creed games coming out next Woo! two two not just, not just one but two assassin's creed five uh this one's called assassin's creed unity unity yes that's the first one that's been announced and the only reason they announced it was because kotaku got some leaked uh alpha footage of it and so being kotaku they posted it right away right and so ubisoft um said uh this is the quote from ubisoft Let them eat cake. We have been working on the new Assassin's Creed for more than three years, and although we weren't quite ready to show you our full vision for the next-gen only AC, it seems Abstergo is trying to force our hand. So here's a true first look at in-game footage from Assassin's Creed Unity. Where's it set? Where's it set? The French Revolution. What? Hence, let them eat cake. Which one? There were more than one? What? Andy! <laughs> it, I mean, it, technically, it was kind of one. It just went on for like a hundred years. That's a long revolution. Let, let, me, let, me, let me go find it for you. Supposedly, it's 18th century Paris. But if it's a hundred years, that, that still could fit into 18th century Paris. I'm more perturbed at the fact that there's going to be two of them, because one of them is next-gen only, and one of them is last-gen only. Ooh, that's an interesting choice. French Revolution lasted from 1789 to 1799. Okay. So ten years. Uh, but that was just that revolution. I mean, that set of revolutions. So, um... Starting in 1789, and then there was another one in 1791, 1792, another one in 1792, 1795, so what are your thoughts on having literally two, two games. separate games for two separate generations of consoles? I think if if they split their development team, that's actually a pretty good idea. From a, a productivity standpoint, from a you get to focus on the features of that generation. True. You don't have to shoehorn a next-gen game into a last-gen console or take a last-gen console and try and make it work on a next-gen console and have it right. look like crap. Right. So, it's an interesting idea that they're actually yeah. going to split this. Well, then, plus, everybody but, who wants... But you know what? 
What? I play on the PC. It doesn't matter. <laughs> like, what do I care? <laughs> Go ahead. Split your game into multiple generations of consoles. You're going to release them both on the PC anyway. Very true. Very true. So speaking of consoles and PCs. Yeah. DirectX 12 has been officially announced. Yay! And it's when coming to the released? Xbox One. Okay. When is it released? They haven't said when it's going to be released yet. Oh, okay. So it's been announced. Yes. There will be a DirectX 12. Yes. As if there was any doubt. <laughs> no, true. It's What is this AMD mantle that everybody keeps talking about? AMD mantle? Yes. I don't know. You don't know? You're supposed to know everything, Dave. I... Hang on. <laughs> And by Dave, I mean Google. You're supposed to know everything. Google does know everything. Shut up. No, it does. AMD Mantle is a driver within Catalyst Software. Let's do to, to the graphics core next architecture. Okay. It uh, looks like it's just an interface to the graphics. Oh, Mantle is a graphics it API. Allows, it allows you to shift com- uh, computation to the GPU. Ah, well, that's interesting. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. It, it allows you to put things on the GPU instead of the CPU. Microsoft is targeting DirectX 12 games to hit the store's holiday 2015. 2015. Yep. Damn it. So yeah, there's a new DirectX sometime at the end of next year. No, it'll mean it comes out halfway through next year because then the games will come out. True. But I was planning on buying graphics cards at the end of this year. Nope, too bad, so sad. Well, okay, Microsoft does say that DirectX 12 should be able to work with all DirectX 11 hardware. Yes, but that doesn't... Should work and optimized for are two different things. True. Damn it. Well, we'll see what it looks like at the end of the year. Yeah. Because I am thinking of... Well, not even thinking. I am planning on, on upgrading my graphics. I am planning on getting rid of this laptop at some point. Yay! This laptop that I bought back in, what, 2009? Something like that. Yeah, it's... The overheating issue is becoming worse and worse. There are usually laptops on Woot. I know. And that Lenovo that you found has been working really well for me. I love how we were like, hey, we need to find Catherine a laptop. And Dave's like, oh, this one. Hey, look at this. I'll take this one as well. Yeah, like, wow, that's a really good deal. Okay, I'll buy it. (laughs) It's a fantastic deal. Thank you very much. Thank you for needing a laptop, Catherine. Let me try this one for you. It's a good laptop. But I, uh, my so, boss at work says that I should be getting a new laptop at some point because my work laptop has got Windows Vista. Ooh. And let's just say his work laptop is in Alienware. <laughs> M17X? Something along those lines. Okay. So. so DirectX 12 comes out sometime in the next two years, but you know what just came out? What? The Unreal 4 engine. Ooh. And the SDK and the licensing terms. And? And it's kind of a creative licensing term. Instead of spending like X huge amount of money, it's 20 bucks a month. Ooh. And there is one more piece to it. 5% of sales. Ah. It's like the, um, did you hear about that law that's trying to get passed in Michigan about college education? Nope. Yes. Yes, I did. Where you don't actually pay for college. It's just once you graduate, you have to pay back X percentage of your... Well, think about that. I didn't wouldn't have to pay for any college, yet I would have to pay back X percentage of my income for the next 20 years or something like that. Yeah, so you're an indentured servant. That's what it is. Now that you bring it up, yes, yes it is. Like, what happens when you don't pay? They can't take back, they can't repossess your education. No, no, they can't. So... 
I assume there's like jail time or fining. It it's indentured servitude. Now whether or not that's a bad thing in this case, like I don't know. But it's indentured servitude. Yeah. So twenty bucks a month, nineteen dollars a month, plus five percent of whatever you make from sales for access to Unreal 4, full access, unlimited features. Well, limited in the sense that it's limited, but not limited beyond the abilities of the program. I just want to see how it compares to the current one. There's got to be some tech demos up. Yeah, there's got to be tech demos up online right now, right? Right. I'm looking. Oh, Crytek did a $10 subscription for CryEngine. Ah. There's a CryEngine 3 versus Unreal 4. I don't know. There's a lot of CryEngine 3 versus Unreal 4 videos. But nothing like Unreal 3 versus Unreal 4. Doesn't look like it. Okay. Well, that's wow, too bad. Wow, that's pretty. Yes, things are beginning very pretty. Wow, that's really, really kind of disturbingly pretty. So, speaking of realistic... Yeah. Virtual reality. That's really pretty. Oculus is no longer the only game in town. Oculus was never the only game in town. But they were, they were just the biggest name. Well, they're and no longer the biggest... because big... they made the, themselves the biggest name. Well, they're no longer the biggest name anymore. Okay. Sony Entertainment. Yes. Sony is coming out with the Morpheus at some point. At some point. Sony wants to get into virtual reality. I applaud that they want to do it. I, I, you know, I'm a firm believer that competition drives innovation. Yes. And it's good that Sony is trying to get in there. I don't know if their reasons for doing so are as, as honorable as I would like them to be. What do you mean? Well, that it's, are they hopping on because it's a bandwagon or do they actually believe that this is where they should go? Kind of like the, uh, what was it? The PlayStation move right right after the Wii came out right, and the Kinect came out. They're like, we need something too. And it looked like they had thrown it together overnight. Like, oh God, guys, Microsoft just announced this camera system and Nintendo's beating the shit out of us. Find an engineer and get him on the stage. Uh, so I, I don't know if that's the case. And you know, would they have pursued this if Oculus had shown up and people had been like, no, that's stupid? I guess that's not fair. If people had gone, no, that's stupid. Yeah, why would, why would Sony have done this? Because the, the public opinion would have been, don't do it. But still, are they just doing this because it's, it's the thing, the newest thing, the coolest thing? Or do they really believe that this is where it should go? I don't know. Let's just put it also the point right now, their uh, delay is 40 milliseconds. What's Oculus's? Oh, I used to know this, but they keep cutting it down more and more. Yep. No, no, I don't care about the, uh, the new developer kit compared. No, it's the first developer kit was 50 and 60. Come on, article. Uh, the second says two to three milliseconds. What? Two to three milliseconds? Yep. So Sony has a little ways to go. Yeah. To catch up to Oculus. Uh, they're basically where Oculus was with the first Oculus Rift, Rift developer kit. Right. And 40 milliseconds is going to be way too much. Yeah, that's that's honestly that's why you get a headache when you do virtual reality is that delay between your head moving and then every it honestly makes you feel like you're drunk. Yep. And sometimes makes you throw up. Second wave of Oculus is coming out, though. Mm-hmm. That's the one that has the three-second delay. Three-millisecond delay. Three-second delay. <laughs> three-second delay. Oh, God. I move, and now the game moves. Oh, 
That would be bad. That would be so hard to play. Which I kind of find it funny that we're going in two separate directions with video gaming right now, where you have the social aspect of gaming, where it's, hey, everybody in a room, everybody streaming this, that, and the other thing. And then you have the immersive side with the Oculus Rift and that sort of thing, or in the, the Wii modes and this, that, and the other thing, where you're trying to basically clamp down the user, but stick them as much into the game as possible. Do you see them ever combining back together again, or we just got a serious divergent path I mean, going on here. You read Sword Art. So there, yes, I, okay, so you could combine the two of them together. Right. But that's way down the road. Well, not, no, not really. It's really not that far down the road. No, no, it isn't, because you've got all the massive multiplayer stuff on there, and you just put the headsets, yeah, okay. Right. Or you do a LAN party, and you just have everyone in the room with a headset on. Well, then why did they even show up? Latency. Ah, yes, latency. Local network is faster than the internet. I love it when Comcast was talking about their new in-home Wi-Fi, where they said, hey, we've got speeds at 108 megabits per second. And I'm sitting there <laughs> thinking, welcome to, I don't even know how old that Ethernet yeah, is. Yeah, like, welcome to five years ago. It's like, I'm sitting here staring at a gigabit switch that I need to install at some point, but I don't have the power outlet for it. Oh, Comcast. Oh, which, what else? What else we have? What else we got here on the topic list? What else we got? Um, SimCity is now officially offline. Woo! Yep, update ten. So this point going forward, if you've got update ten, you're able to go offline. It, does it still require Origin? It requires Origin in offline mode. Does it allow local network play? Uh, single player mode allows for multi-city single player experience. So no, you won't get leaderboards. You won't get city log. You won't get achievement. You won't get friends list. You won't get player profiles. And does it have better AI than the crappy, 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 crappy AI that the game shipped with? Probably not. Oh, well, there's nothing in the announcement about the AI, which then I'm not playing it yet. Come on, just let us mod it like we can mod Civ. Oh, they actually did. Didn't you see that? No. It, because I, it's offline, Oh, people can now write mods for it. Oh, thank God. So you can Here, get... Here, I, I, will, I will post the link. Okay. Uh, Sim City Mods. Posted. Okay. Okay, so let's see what else we got talking on here. What's this open letter from Netflix? So the Netflix CEO, whose name is slipping my mind for a moment, uh, posted an open letter to basically the FCC. Okay. Uh, saying, hey, like you have problems here and the ISPs are getting way too strong and having way too much influence and... Uh, are acting as not enablers, but toll booths, and this is becoming problematic. Read Hastings. So they're saying, hey, if we're paying money to connect with you guys, it should be well, on the ISPs. Just, just saying that, like, net neutrality needs to be a thing. When we he, pay... He talked we, about... Well, go ahead. Okay, so he says, when we, we pay, we don't pay for priority access against competitors. We just pay for interconnection. Yep. So it's, hey, if we're paying to interconnect with you guys, you need to work on this connection. You need to actually allow us to connect. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he did say something really interesting in here, which, uh, let me see if I can find the quote. Uh, there's one special case where there's no fee interconnection is embraced by the ISPs is when they're connecting to each other. They argue because it's roughly the same amount of data that goes between their networks. But when we asked them if we too would qualify for the no-fee interconnect if we changed our service to upload as much data as we download, 
thus filling their upstream networks and nearly doubling our total traffic, there was an uncomfortable silence. Yeah. Oh, funny. And that data direction has nothing to do with cost. So some people took that and ran with it and said, like, wait a minute, is that... What would, what would that look like? And it would look like one interpretation of it is that Netflix would be peer-to-peer. Which means your data cap, which will, unless it's a download-only data cap, would be hit that much quicker. Yeah. Okay, so this makes my topic of Net, uh, AT&T's response to a Netflix letter much more sense. Make a lot more sense. Make a lot I more sense. What letter they're responding to. Yes. Okay. What was AT&T's response to the letter? Uh, okay, senior... Executive VP denounced Hastings' desire for a cost-free delivery agreement with ISPs, saying that it unfairly shifts the burden of infrastructure costs to AT&T and its subscribers rather than to Netflix's own customer base. Uh, yes. <laughs> As he views it, that subscriber base is the very one responsible for the increased traffic demands and resulting need to build out additional facilities and should therefore bear the brunt of a fee hike. No, see, no one should bear the, the brunt of that fee hike because you, you make so much money. It's, it's also, I think, literally their job to provide internet access, right? Ish. Ish? Ish. I mean, you, you can't just say, like, hey, it's your job to provide Internet access, so provide it, right? They have to get paid for it. And, yes, if, if they, providing access requires them to build more infrastructure, that has to get paid for somewhere. Yes. But, I, I like, that's part of the game that they're playing, right? That's part of what they, they do. I love, I, it's honestly like Netflix would be like, you guys need to stop taking so much money and just calling it profits and actually, like, reinvest it back into your infrastructure. And then I could just see, like, Netflix go, or we'll go somewhere else. Oh, wait. Where else is Netflix going? <laughs> we can't go anywhere else. Right. You guys are the only You're the game the in game. town. God, I can't believe they literally said, hey, you guys are causing the extra traffic. You guys need to pay for it. Well. I could see that argument is, hey, you guys are clogging the pipes. You need to pay for us to, you know, widen the pipes. Granted. So what it really should be, the, the way I'm seeing this is. The, it's not that they want Netflix to pay for the infrastructure. It's that they want Netflix to pay for their infrastructure. If Netflix were to lay more cable and lay their own pipe and maintain control over it, that's different than Netflix buying pipe for AT&T. But it's kind of funny you bring that up because wasn't AT&T arguing with Google oh, about yeah. how Same Google was no not... One else, no one else should be allowed to, to lay pipe. Yeah. Uh-huh. They want their cake and they want to eat it too. That damn French Revolution... Oh, goodness. Yeah. So what can we as consumers do about this? Write letters to your congressman. Believe it or not, that actually would do it, sort of. True. Uh, because what, what it's really coming down to is that there needs to be some form of legislation here. Yeah, that's that was the problem with the last time FCC tried to impose net neutrality rules. They just There needs to be a legislative law that states that ISPs are moving to, was it class two or class three? I don't know. They need to be classified as basically a phone company, as not as an ISP. That's what needs to happen. Once that happens, then net neutrality is built into the class structure of phone service. It is you are you are required to give an uptime service of quality of some kind. It's it's built into the laws of them being a phone company. Is if you if you are paying for phone service, you are required by law to have a working phone line. If you don't, then AT&T can get fined for it by the government. So there you go. So speaking of connections, mm-hmm. Gmail 
If you notice this, if you go to Gmail, you are connecting via HTTPS and no other way. Gmail's connection, you can only connect now to Gmail through HTTPS. That's it. Okay. There's no, there's no other way to connect to it. Okay, that sounds like a good thing. True, unless, you know, you have some programs that can't handle HTTPS. But why are those programs connecting to Gmail? Because they're using, because we have a Gmail-based email, so we have to connect them actually now through a POP3 server. Because they, they're programs that would be like, hey, I'm not working, let me send out an email. Okay. But we, since we have Google infrastructure, now we have to try and convince them to go through HTTPS to access their, their quote-unquote email folder or run it through a POP. It's, it's both really cool because now Gmails are basically encrypted through the entire pipe because Google has also encrypted all the links between their data centers. So as soon as you connect to Gmail, it's encrypted from your computer all the way to your email server to whoever you're sending an email to if they're on Gmail. There is no unencrypted line anywhere. So granted, I want, I'm very curious to how compromised certificates are. So we'll see if they actually are encrypted or if the NSA can uh, hack them. Okay. I just thought it was an interesting aside. <laughs> you can connect securely or no connection at all. No connection at all. No connection at all. Kind of sucks. So Facebook is doing this weird face recognition program. That's supposed to be as good as human faces. It can correctly distinguish a face 97.53% of the time. Okay, that's pretty damn good. That is a little freaky. Does that mean if anybody posts a picture on Facebook, my face is going to be automatically tagged in it? Uh, they haven't said. It could, they haven't said. I don't know what I like about that. That's a little freaky. Or if somebody, if I, okay, so I walked down the St. Patrick's Day Parade and so if somebody took a picture of me and it's all of a sudden, it's like, hey, here's a picture of you from the parade. Do you want to post it on your Facebook wall? That would be super freaky. That would be pretty nuts. Yeah. I don't know. That's a little scary, but so the question is, why is Facebook doing this? Because they can. Because they can? Because That they is have- the easiest answer. Like the easiest question you've, you've asked me all day. Why is Facebook doing this? Because they can. Because they think it'll make it easier, and it will make it easier for their users. And because even if they don't expose it, think about it. What does Facebook sell, Andy? Ads. Well, they sell users to advertisers. Right. Now, think about it this way. I am in a picture on Facebook, and in my hand is a can of Pepsi. If their facial recognition is getting this good, how do you think their product recognition is? Oh. How do you think, how hard would it be for them to identify that I'm holding a can and it's Pepsi? Probably not hard at all. How many different companies do you think would want that information? Oh, man. That, that is an excellent point you had there. Side note, what were you actually drinking? Because I heard an aluminum can next to you. Guess you'll never know. Is it Pepsi? No. Is it Mountain Dew? No. Andy. What? Do you know me? Is it Verner's? Yes. Okay. I don't know if it was going to be Code Red or not. I'm not sure if you were in that swing or not, or if that was Brian. Livewire. Livewire, okay. Live That's wire. the orange the only one. Mountain Dew Livewire. Okay. I couldn't remember. It was it, 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 Bry's Code Red, your Limewire, and I'm Voltage. Livewire. That's Livewire, yes. You said Limewire. Not Limewire. Don't ever go to Limewire. That is. Oh my God, of... that's no. Yeah. <laughs> what? That was ESPN telling me my phone is not on silent. Yeah. Sorry about that. So let's see what else we got here. Oh, there is a doctor who's posting hand, wrist, and elbow health for e-gamers. There's a what? It's an orthopedic surgeon who gives you seven things that you can do to help if you're, you know... A professional gamer? Yeah, a professional gamer. Take a one-minute break every 60 minutes to flex and extend all your fingers. 
20 repetitions every 60 minutes. Basically make a fist and then open up and then make a fist and open up 20 times. Do gliding exercises for the wrist some 20, during some of the 20, uh, the 60 second breaks. See the demonstrative graphic below. It's actually a YouTube video. That's not really a... Wait, did you say demonstrative? Do you mean to mean demonstrative? It's the same word, Andy. It is? Yeah. Okay. Read it out. Do it your way. Demonstrative. And look at it. Demonstrative. It okay, fine. I prefer but next time, next time you say milk. No, no, no. What? The letter I does not sound like eh. I'm trying to think of a word that it does. Besides milk, which is not an actual word. <laughs> and he's typing in like, when does I sound like eh? That's what I'm actually, that's literally I sounds like eh. Well, two E's. Uh, try it with E-H. Because that's how you say the word is you, you say it like M-E-H-L-K. Now, now I've just got Canadian films. Show, literally, that's what I'm getting here is Canada. <laughs> eh? Yeah, literally, it sounds pretty ethnic, eh? What the f- <laughs> The guy in the Canadian films sounds... What the? No. Demonstrative. 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 When you say that, it sounds like it's like monster. And yes, there are movements along with that. Oh, I didn't even picture the hand motions. Okay. Yes, they were hand motions. Uh, with before their, competition, ah. immerse your wrist in warm water for three to five minutes. Why? Think about that one. Do blocking exercises when taking a break. Massage your fingers, wrists, and elbows regularly during the day, even when you are not gaming. Shake out your hands, wrists, and elbows during your break and throughout the day. I should actually bring this to work. Yeah, because this is not only just video this, gaming. It's not just this gamers. Is, this is anyone who uses computers. Yeah. I, I was kind of surprised. I didn't see that, like, maestro crack stretch that everybody does. Oh, the, like... Interlacing your fingers and pushing your hands away from your body. You yeah. Know everybody does that. It's like right before they start something. It's just like, okay... Let's do this. Especially, well, they, they do it because Hollywood depicted everyone doing it. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. That's where it came from, is Hollywood. Whenever you see a hacker sit at a terminal in Hollywood, what's the first thing they do? They crack their knuckles using that, like, maestro crack. I like that term for it. Uh, where did I hear that? Maestro crack. <laughs> oh, Google has to get so confused about your search history. <laughs> Google has to get confused. How about Amazon? Or the NSA. <laughs> because Amazon, I am running under Kate's account because my Kindle is under her account. Yeah. So Amazon must think Kate is like bipolar or something or multiple personalities or something. Because you've got her lookups and then you've got my lookups. And there's not a lot of overlap between the two of them. So Amazon must think she's just crazy or something. How the hell do I spell maestro? Maestro? It's M... E-I-S-T-R-M-A-E-S-T-R-O. There we go. No, it is not actually giving me a... I don't know what to call it. It's Maestro's Stretch. Let me see if there's a trope about it. Yeah, I'm not seeing... Hmm. I'll just have to look up this... I'll have to figure out what the name of it is. I always call it the Maestro Crack, though, because I always just picture, you know, a guy doing that before picking up the baton and going at it. Hmm. So, yeah, if you want to, you know, make sure you don't get carpal tunnel... Here's some exercises for you. Yes. As I slowly crack all my knuckles. Yeah. I like it, though. It's good. So, supposedly, also, all-nighters are actually bad for you. This comes from the <laughs> Department of Painfully Obvious? <laughs> that actually comes from the University of Pennsylvania Medical School. That's an unfortunate acronym. Yes. Do you know University of PMS. There you go. I was waiting for that. 
Oh. Okay, so not only, um, supposedly you actually cannot pay back a sleep debt of staying up all night. Which like, makes act- no sense. Makes no sense. Like, I understand what they really mean. I hate it when places say that, though. It's bullshit. Don't tell me I can't make it up. Andy, have you pulled an all-nighter? Not recently. Have you ever pulled an all-nighter? Yes. Then you have a sleep deficit? Do you I- see why this makes no sense? Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> but no. they... they- no, they are saying that mice who this they did the study with mice who were okay. basically like they basically made them pull an all nighter and they're actually losing neurons in their brain. Okay, from this, so supposedly all nighters actually do, cause. Do you know what else causes damage. you to lose neurons? What almost a- anything? I was going to say aging, aging, drinking, shaking your head too violently, <laughs> playing football, <laughs> getting concussions. Aging. Do you think you could pull an all-nighter if you had to right now? If I had time to prepare for it. Oh, you have to prep now? You're getting old. I'm getting so old. Says the guy turning 30? Yes, I'm going to be turning 30. Okay. And yes, I wear old man hats. Yeah, well, so do I. That's fine. Wait, what? What? Andy, you know I've got the the cab dr- the cabbie hat. I know. I just I keep on forgetting about that. <laughs> I feel like that's like my hat. It, no. It's not. I was wearing those hats before it was cool. I think I might have been wearing those hats before Samuel L. Jackson was wearing those hats. Okay. Are you claiming to be a hipster? No. I'm just saying I was there first. Okay. Don't think of it that way, though, Andy. Think of it as a trendsetter. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I was a trendsetter with those hats. Wearing those things back in like 2003, 4, somewhere in that range. Way back when. After, After high school, though. My high school fashion sense, but that was a little crazy. Just a little. So do we have anything else on the list? Oh, trademark craziness. Speaking of crazy. Crazy. So there's a group there called Spark Fun, which basically they are all about the the maker DIY sort of thing, right? Okay. So part of their business model is to basically like find out really cool electronics devices that everybody needs and sell them. They have a storefront. So they found these really high quality $15 multimeters back in 2008. So they've been selling them for like six years, right? Okay. On March 7th, they were notified by the Department of Homeland Security slash Customs saying their last latest shipment of 2,000 multimeters was being inspected and uh, turns out was not allowed to be entered into the United States and will have to be destroyed. What? Yes, they will have to be destroyed. And side note, they are asking SparkFund to pay $150 an hour for them to be destroyed. They have to pay a fee. No! So these multimeters, which have been coming in, um, are being not allowed entry into the United States because they are infringing on a patent. On a patent or on a trademark? Sorry, on a trademark. Okay. So I'm pretty sure you can't patent measuring electricity. So the trademark is formally titled Certain Digital Multimeters and Products with Multimeter Functionality, right? Okay. These companies... This company was brought under this order due to the fact they were selling digital multimeters and products with a multimeter functionality that have a contrasting color combination of a dark colored body or face and a contrasting yellow border, frame, molding, overlay, holster, or perimeter. Okay. So these... looks like a normal multimeter. Yes. (laughs) There's a trademark owned by Fluke, which, side note, if anybody wants it, Fluke makes really good stuff. Really good multimeters. Yeah. And it's their other stuff. (laughs) <laughs> They're horribly named because it's not a fluke. It's right. a fluke. <laughs> it's not a fluke. It's a fluke. Wait. I know. That's that's what I say. It's That's the joke that we always did in electronics classes. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a fluke. No. Okay. 
So they were literally because they were trying to sell multimeters with a yellow border around a darker colored inside frame. They were imposing on a trademark. Infringing. Infringing, yes. And $30,000 worth of multimeters had to be destroyed because of this trademark. That kind of sucks. Just because they had a yellow border. If they had a blue border, if they had a purple border, anything. And it's not like they were selling this as a fluke multimeter. No. That really sucks. They're actually saying, oh, mar- all multimeters are actually kind of orange, not yellow. <laughs> like it's, it's just yellow <laughs> during transport. Oh, that, that sucks for them. Yeah. What are they going to do about it? Well, um, what they are trying to do is trying to find out if there are other distributing facilities outside of the United States they can send these to so they don't get destroyed because they're literally paying $150 per day as a warehousing fee for these things. Holy shit. Yeah. So you're losing $30,000 on the equipment unless you can actually send them someplace else and sell them. You're going to lose money because you have to reship them somewhere and you're paying $150 until you actually figure out what to do with these just because it's kind of yellow. Yeah. That sucks. So, um, Fluke didn't really know about this. Well, th- they knew about this because they had, you know, filed for this patent or trademark. Sorry. Right. God, I keep on getting those interchanged in my head. Not the same thing. No. So Fluke was like, hey, we didn't know about this until we saw your blog post. So Fluke's like, you know, we, we have this trademark for a reason because they want to kind of protect their brand yeah. because they don't want other people to try and sell things and pass them off as Flukes, which I understand about that. If I'm paying buku bucks for a Fluke multimeter, I want it to be a fluke multimeter right because they are like super high quality and yes and it, out of curiosity is this like monster cable high quality or is this actual high quality no this is actual high quality measurable like, difference yeah their their crimpers and their cabling stuff there is actually really good compared to some of the cheap stuff that's out there okay it's actually like it's kind of like craftsman quality versus you know harbor freight okay so there's actually some quality to them so um They've said, yeah, we, we have this thing there and we want to protect it, but this is what we're going to do. Because we like you guys, we are going to send you a shipment of genuine fluke equipment free to charge for you to do whatever you want. Basically, it's an equal number of multimeters and other equipment we're going to send to you to do what you want to try and cover the cost of the equipment you lost. Wow. Wow. Yeah. A company actually doing the right thing? I know. That's pretty, like, not just the right thing, but above and beyond the right thing. They're like, yeah, we, we can't take down this trademark. It's like, we right, need like to protect we need to, ourselves. We need to protect the trademark and we need to enforce it, but... It kind of sucks that you guys got cro- in the crossfire here, have an equal... Because you think about it, it's like, it's a $15 multimeter. Fluke multimeters are a little bit more expensive than that. So if they can, you know, take some take some money off of this, you could actually, you know, recoup your losses with this Fluke stuff. My guess is Spark Funds are probably just going to try and donate it, give them away, sell them at $15. That'd be hilarious. It's contest to get a fluke multimeter for $15. God, that would be incredible. I'd want it. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, like, I don't know what I'd use a multimeter for besides measuring voltage and resistance and amperage, because that's but, what you use a multimeter for. Yeah. But, like, where would I use it? True. I, Have I, you started... I've been actually thinking about trying to get into our uh, Arduino. Our, our, our Arduino. Whatever yes, it is. Arduino. Arduino, okay. Yeah. Because um, my office is also where our server racks are, so it's about 80 degrees in there constantly. And um, so we've got the, it's, we don't have any, we have a separate portable AC unit in one part of the room, but it's still not really a lot because even with it on full time, it's still 80 degrees in that room. So we've got the eight central HVAC system for the building also pumping. There's one vent that goes into there. So we're trying to keep that open to try and get as much air in there to try and cool it down. Except um, sometimes they pump heat because the rest of the building gets cold and there's no on-off switch. So I want to set 
set up mm-hmm. one to hook up with a mechanized vent dampener so that if it's blowing hot air compared to the room, it will close the vent. But if it's cold air compared to the room, then it will open the vent, Ooh, which should work out really easy with one of those because you can build temperature probes that work with it. No problem. So we just get dual temperature probes and say, hey, if A is greater than B, close relay. Yeah, like open relay. Yep. If B is greater than A, close relay. Should yep. be pretty simple. Probably have it done for like 50 bucks or less, which would be really nice. But yeah, that's it's. I'd like that's what I would use one of those for. But for you, I'm not sure. Sorry, I went off on a tangent on that one. My that's apologies. Okay. Oh, no problem. All right, so now that's all the topics. Should we go to the <laughs> random review? Sure, it's your week. Oh, it, it, yes. I'm going to review my brand spanking new Keurig coffee maker. Ooh. Speaking of Keurig, since we talked about them last week. Yeah. Where did you get a Keurig coffee maker? Uh, Kate got me one for my uh, early birthday present because, as you know, many moons ago, I reviewed my Black & Decker $20 coffee maker. Yeah. It started to finally give up the ghost after years of service. Oh. So um, I started, I was like, I need a new coffee maker and I might just order one. Then she's like, hold on that thought process. And I'm like, why? <laughs> she's like, because I was going to get you a Keurig for your birthday. Oh, that's very Early sweet birthday present to me. Yay. So yes, I have one of the, not one of the views, one of the newer ones, but one of the older ones. It's a Keurig system. Okay. It's got its own water reservoir. What do you, do you know what model? Uh, Is it like the Elite? I'm not sure. Let's see if there's anything in my... uh, It's a K-cup single cup brewing system. Okay, that doesn't narrow it down at all. No, it doesn't. Uh, Uh, Is there like a KG or a K or a B1 or... I'm looking through all the stuff here and I don't see anything. Do you have a manual? K... Here we go, here we go. K60, special edition and signature brewers. So it's something along those lines. You're in K60. There it is. Okay. Special edition, single serve. Yes. I do believe that is what I have. Okay. Reservoir's off on the left. Yes. Okay. Screen in the top. Yes. Do you really need a screen? Well, you can program it to automatically turn on at certain times. Oh, very nice. So I have it turn on right when my alarm clock goes off. So as soon as I hop out of the shower, I can just throw one of those pods in there and start brewing coffee right away. Yeah, why not just set it with the pod overnight so that it turns on and just goes? Well, you can't do that. Oh. Because there are three uh, variations that you can pick for how much water you want to go through. There's a a six-ounce... I think it's six ounce, seven and a half, and I think a ten ounce. Okay. If I remember correctly. Let me just yeah, oh sorry, five point two five, seven point two five, and nine point two five. Okay. So you can pick how strong you want your coffee. Let me just say the uh last one there. Uh-huh. The nine point two five. That's some pretty weak shit. <laughs> it's like weak coffee. So Have you gotten I- any of the like my K cup reusable coffee filters? Uh, yes, mine actually came with one of those. So I am slowly going through the rest of the uh, coffee that I bought in, you know, a bag. Mm-hmm. So I'm slowly working through those. My problem with that is the fact that my travel mugs are uh, 15 ounces. Mm. And the 9 ounce is weak. Yes. So I normally put a 5.25 ounce in, run that, and then I put a 7.25 ounce and run that. So I have to run two pods every day. And That's the one the, downside. How much are the pods? Uh, the cheapest you can normally find the pods for is about 50 cents a pod, if you're so, lucky. So a buck for a uh, coffee. Yes, a buck for a cup of coffee. Which, comparing that to, you know, buying a five-pound bag of coffee. For, like, 20 bucks? Yeah. It 
it's so not. This is this is a little more expensive. Yeah, you, you're literally paying for the convenience because you you put that pot in, you slam the thing down, you hit a button, and like literally thirty seconds later, you got a hot cup of coffee yeah. right then and there. Bam. But. It's at a dollar. Yeah. Yeah. So it's nice. It's very convenient in the morning. It's just bing, bang, boom. Bing, bang, boom again to fill up the travel mug, throw the lid on. I'm out the door. No problem. No, the cleanup is super easy because you just pull out the... throw out the the cup. Yes. Yeah. But, oh man, that's so much money. (laughs) That's the thing is there is you're literally paying for the convenience. For that convenience. Yeah. Okay. And as we talked about earlier, it's probably not going to get any cheaper. Nope. Because they want to put DRM in their coffee pods. Yep. I well, but but you have the you'll I have, have the old older version, yes, version of the machine that you don't need to worry about it. No, if the pod fits, it will drip. Is that supposed to be an OJ reference? <sighs> if the I was glove trying to fits, go for, you must acquit. I was going for the if I fit, I sit sort of cat oh, thing. Okay. But if I fits, I sits. You can go with OJ. I was going for cute little cats. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so cool. Very nice. So if you're willing to spend the money yep. for the convenience, it's are, really nice. Are, are you going to bring that with you to your parents' cabin? Am I going to bring, am I, you want me to haul my Keurig up there? Maybe. <sighs> it'll be convenient. Might not be I, convenient to transport it, but it'll be convenient. <laughs> granted, I, man, I felt so bad for Brendan when we went up there because he brought all those games and we played like, what, two? Two of them. And we played a lot of Dungeon Roll. <laughs> Dungeon Roll took forever. It was a good game. I know, but it still, it was like an hour and a half. That was like the evening was Dungeon Roll. Yeah, but it was a good game. <laughs> I know. What would you have rather done? I don't know. I haven't figured that part out yet. Okay, well, you might want to start thinking about that. Okay. Oh, I need to, I, I'm supposed to ask you. I don't need to ask you, but I, I feel I should ask you. Uh, what's the policy on pets? Why do you ask? Just answer the question, Andy. Are you bringing a cat? No. Normally, pets are not really a lot. Well, I'll get back to you on that. Okay. I was, I'm okay with that first answer, Andy. Anyway. Anyway, Keurig. Keurig. Expensive, but super convenient. Okay. That's what I'm. That's what I'm. That's so what my Starbucks, opinion is. Yeah. yeah, Starbucks expensive but super convenient and very tasty. Yes, you could actually go out and buy K cups from Starbucks to put in your. Yeah, but is it really the same? I don't know. That's that's the one downside is you get these pods and you're like, well, how long have these pods been sitting here? You could just buy like a huge number of the do-it-yourself pods. And every week, just fill them and then freeze them. Could do that. And then just pull it out of the freezer. Could. But if you're doing that much work... Why aren't you just, you know... Brewing your own coffee. Yeah. If you try... There's it's, it's a dichotomy there. It's you, you can have fresh ground, fresh roasted coffee, but it yep. takes time and effort. If or you, you can have... If you want fresh ground, if you want fresh coffee, it's going to take time and effort. Yes. There's, there are no shortcuts. No. If you just want a hot cup of joe in the morning done in 30 seconds, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. There it goes. You know, I got to tell you, though... It doesn't really take much more than 30 seconds at work to put coffee in the filter, put the filter in the machine, turn the machine on. And it produces a hell of a lot more coffee than this thing does. I know, that's okay. but I'm the only one who drinks coffee in my apartment. Mm. So it's perfect for my travel. Well, it's not perfect for my, it's if it's not perfect perfect for my for travel, travel mug, then it would just, it would only require one pod to fill it up. Right. But in any case, Keurig. Yes. It's a machine. Yes. Cool. Moving on. All right. Random, Random. topic. Oh, speaking of colleges, here we go. Let me get this down here, do my maestro stretch. 
Explain why Michigan State University is academically superior to University of Michigan, yet academically inferior to Western Michigan University and Eastern Michigan University. It's not. I feel like you're going to each of these places for, for different, different purposes. Very yeah. different reasons. So, okay, I I actually will freely admit Michigan State has some really good programs. Oh, yeah. Um, jokes aside, they actually have a fantastic agricultural program. Oh, like seriously. Like one of the best in the country. Yes. Uh, their physics department is really good. And beyond that, I don't know enough about their their education. I know that their school of ed is, uh, from, from reports I've had from other people, does leave something to be desired. But then what school of ed doesn't? Eastern Michigan? No, it still leaves something to be desired. Really? Eastern Michigan School of Ed? I thought we were priding ourselves on our you, education So school. Eastern has a fantastic, like really, really, really good special ed program. I thought it was, yeah, it was special ed and early childhood development, I think, yep. were our two main focuses. Yep, but that's, that's Andy, that's not all of education. I know, true, okay. But uh, if, you, if you were focusing on being a kindergarten or first grade special ed teacher, Eastern oh, you, Michigan has you, you definitely in, want to go to Eastern. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what does Western have? Well, Western's uh, aviation program is top notch. Like, if I remember correctly, there you get to spend more time in the air than you would if you actually went to the Air Force Academy. Academy. That's cool. Yeah. So Western's, I know Western's aviation program is freaking out of this world. I know a lot of our chemistry stuff is pretty good, especially since we have, you know, Pfizer and Upjohn and a lot of things that were around the Pfizer. area for a long time. What? We used to have Pfizer. Yes, you used to have Pfizer. We still do have Pfizer. Okay. So I know there's a lot of there's a lot of money towards that side of things. I know we're, Western's getting a big uh, nursing program showing up soon. Like whole brand spanking new multi-million dollar campus good nursing program. Cool. University of Michigan incredible engineering programs. Incredible engineering program, really good MBA program. Yeah, law. Law program, yes. Very true. Uh, I mean, the even the LSA stuff, like a math degree from U of M is, is not a joke. Now, if you went to U of M for, you know, agriculture, people would look at you a little strange. <laughs> I'm sorry, you're researching what? I want to see how plants handle in this certain environment. What? What are what? you doing here? Wrong school. <laughs> you want to go about 65 miles northwest. You want to get on 94. Keep going until you hit 127. Yes, and then you want to take go north. north. When you get to 96, you're about there. Yeah, look for the smokestacks. <laughs> So I think I think it's an unfair question. Yes, because as we have said there, there are pluses for each of the departments. There, there are things that each school... I know Those people are like, oh yeah, you can come well. here for a nice rounded education. And then other times they're like, no, I'm going here for a specific purpose. And this is why. Yeah. I like how Central is not brought into this mix or Northern. What, what's Central good for? I'm not sure. <laughs> According to people from Western, Central is good for nothing. Okay. Northern, According to Western people. Uh, Northern had some good stuff. If you like to ski. If you like to ski. If you like to cross-country ski. Okay. No, like, Northern Michigan's, like, cross-country ski team is, like, one of the best in the country. Okay, but that's not the school. No, true. It's in a sporting event. (sighs) I'm not sure what. We gotta get Smokes. Smokes would know. Did he go to Northern or did he go to Tech? I think he went to Northern. Okay. Smokes. If you're listening, or Hans, because I know you're listening. <laughs> yeah. Talk Ask Hans. Hans, contact Smoke. Smoke will contact us. Thank we'll you. Know. All right. Uh, anything else? No, I think that's about it. That's it. We're good? I think so. All right. Well, thank you, everyone. All right. I need to get to uh, back to basketball, so this is a wrap. 
This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.